Oliver Farry reporting there. Well, it's time now for our press review, and for that I'm joined in the studio now by Leo McGuinn. Hi, Leo. Now, as you've been talking uh, about already today, uh, yesterday, uh, Tuesday night, uh, French President Emmanuel Macron uh, gave a sweeping uh, press conference uh, addressing a lot of issues, domestic issues, uh, foreign policy issues, also uh, addressing France's falling birth rate. Um, how is the French press reacting to that uh, today? Yeah, as you say, actually, that two and a half hour address made by President Emmanuel Macron yesterday. I'll start with Aujourd'hui en France. They have this headline saying that Macron is on the offensive, they say, a week after the appointment of new Prime Minister Gabriel Attal and a new government. The president is trying to reinvigorate his five-year term. Among the things suggested in the speech was regulating children's screen time and also introducing compulsory school uniforms. That is going to be trialled in about 100 schools. He said he wanted to work to reverse France's declining birth rate and set up a national programme to fight the rise in infertility. Move on to the Huffington Post. They say priority to the right. Uh, they highlight the almost Sarkozyan tone of yesterday's speech and the way in which Emmanuel Macron unabashedly dipped into the vocabulary of the right, even going so far as to use the election slogan of both Eric Ciotti, the leader of the Republicans, and the far right Eric Zemmour, who both want France to stay France. The Post sees this as proof that the president intends to finish what he's been doing for the last six and a half years and winning over the right-wing electorate, an objective that has become increasingly important five months ahead of the European elections. I'll bring you the left-wing Libération. Uh, they condemn what they call an old France discourse, setting out an update, outdated, even conservative vision. Media parts take a similar tone. They call it old-fashioned right-winged discourse and say that it's a great leap backwards. OK, well, we cross the uh, channel now to talk about the rebellion within the ruling Conservative Party in the UK. Uh, Rishi Sunak's leadership taking a significant blow um, in Parliament thanks to uh, a number of disagreements from within his own party uh, over a very controversial Rwanda bill. Yeah, this news is absolutely dominating the British front pages this morning. This is the Times. They say Sunak hit by resignations and biggest rebellion. Yet the Independent leading with this PM rocked by shock resignations. It comes as 60 Tory MPs voted against the PM's Rwanda bill. They don't think that the legislation goes far enough. They want to see an even tougher bill introduced among those rebels, Lee Anderson and Brendan Clark Smith, both resigning as deputy chairs of the Conservative Party, it comes ahead of a third vote tonight, a really crucial vote, which will vote on the actual entire bill itself. The opposition will vote against it, uh, which means if 28 Tories do the same, the bill will be defeated. And that's led to a rallying call by Rishi Sunak, as you can see, in the Express, the PM urging his party to come together. Sunak has told rebels that deportation flights to Rwanda will likely start in the spring if this bill is voted through. Downing Street, said the, Downing Street says that the bill is the fastest way to get planes in, this, in the air. I'll finish with this opinion piece in The Guardian this morning. They say that the Tories are on the edge of the precipice. They liken this rebellion to the one that saw Theresa May ousted as Prime Minister in 2019. Although they note, they note that the main difference is in 2019, they knew that Boris Johnson could come in and they could sweep the elections. This time, if the rebels go too far, the most likely outcome is a swift election and political oblivion for some of those rebels. 
Now, uh, yesterday on the Press Review, we were talking about a declining birth rate here in France. Uh, a very similar story coming out of China this Wednesday. Yeah, very much the theme of the last few days, Hexi. The declining birth rate seems to be a global issue, not just France. As you can see in the South China Morning Post this morning, two years in a row now that the Chinese birth rate has fallen. The country's population fell by over 2 million in 2023, births declining 9%. The population dropped for the first time in six decades last year. It's even worse, this time almost double that number. 2023 was also China's lowest birth rate since records began in 1949. It comes as the world's second largest economy is under pressure as the population grows older and older. This piece reports that China is projected to go from an aging population to a super aging population in just 11 years. Last year, the country lost its title as most populated in the world to India, and the population is set to go from 1.4 billion to 1.2 billion in just 25 years. I'll show you this in the Global Times. Unsurprisingly, they take a more positive note on it as they are uh, owned by the Communist Party. There's a proposal to reshape fertility support policies in order to encourage younger women to have children. And one demographer in this piece said that in 2024, the negative population growth may be reversed thanks to Chinese people's preference towards the year of the dragon. Other experts have said that it's unlikely, however, with the population set to dip again in 2024. The Wall Street Journal considers that it's unlikely that Beijing will be able to reverse the trend because of the one-child policy that was ended in 2015, but the long-term effects are still there. There are now fewer younger people than in previous, previous generations, and women are also increasingly reluctant to have children. And Leo, we're changing gears completely for your last story. Uh, the world's oldest dog has apparently lost his title. Tell us more. Yeah, well, Bobby was named the world's oldest dog last year. He died in uh, October at the ripe old age of 31 years and five months, which made him the oldest dog to ever live. But doubts about his true age have led to the Guinness Book World of, Rec of World Records to say on Tuesday they'll be temporarily pausing that title. There have been questions raised for a while over Bobby's real age. Dogs of his breed live to an average of 12 or 14 years, so 31 is really incredible. Wired published an article in December saying that they were positive that Bobby was not as old as claimed after it emerged that the dog had been registered on a government database which just went on the word of the owner. The dog's owner, Leonor Costa, hasn't been able to be contacted, but it's fair to say that if Bobby's title is stripped, it's going to be a rough day for everyone involved. And giving us all a bit of pause for thought, Ian McGuinn, thank you very much uh, for that press review. Um, that's all we have time for right now, but do stay tuned. More news coming up in just a few minutes' time here on France 24.